Hey everybody, I'm Kate Conroy. And I'm Vanessa Vitella. And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the country. We release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, and they are the official sponsor of the show. Great. Just a couple of housekeeping matters before we get started. This podcast is available anywhere you can get one. That's iTunes, Google Play, Amazon's Alexa. We even put these up on YouTube in case you want to watch rather than listen. But if you are listening on a network like iTunes or anywhere else that provides ratings and reviews, we totally appreciate that five-star rating. Helps us get discovered by more awesome listeners just like you. So with that out of the way, today's guest is Lorena Mosquera from LWNH Business Solutions. Lorena, say hi. Let the audience hear your voice. Hello, everyone. And you got the name pronunciation pretty right on. I tried. I tried. <laughs> I haven't rolled an R in like 10 years. <laughs> it's funny because I never rolled my R's as much until I switched back to Mosquera. And now it's like Lorena Mosquera. And, you know, yeah. everybody goes, whoa, I never realized that you were supposed to roll the R's that much. Just a little behind the scenes <laughs> magic before we started. I asked her for the pronunciation. And as soon as I heard the R, I started stressing out. I was like, oh, no, I'm definitely going to mess this up. <laughs> I have to tell you, um, my grandmother's name was Lorena, and so when I very first met you, I, I got like warm fuzzies just from your name, and that the warm fuzzies have never ended, so I just want oh, you to know that. I I'm, remember like, that. Like, I remember us talking about that, you were like, what? I'm like, nobody's ever named Lorena. Like, there's not that nobody. many. No, there are very, very few. Very few. And some of them have so, bad reputations. Like some of them, you know, have bad reputations. Like I'm not going to mention one in particular, but she made my life very difficult in high school because oh, wow. she was from Ecuador and she was from Ecuador and she did that very ugly thing. Do you remember her? I think I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not good. Not good. Yep. You know what it is? Yep. I think anytime you're in a small area with somebody with the same name as you, it's like, I want to be the one, <laughs> you know, it just creates friction. Oh, no, 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 mm -hmm. I'm talking about Lorena Bobbitt. Lorena Bobbitt. Oh. Yes. Gotcha, yes. gotcha, gotcha. For some reason, I'm thinking, like, wow, they went to high school together or something. Like, they're both familiar with this <laughs> other Lorena. Totally messing with him. Yeah. I watched an awesome documentary on her during the pandemic, actually. You know, it puts her in a totally different yeah. light. Yeah, but it was funny because she was from Ecuador, and I was from Ecuador, and I'm from Ecuador, so, you know, high school kids could be brutal. So, but anyway, drifting yeah. so, yeah. off. ADD. Oh, my God. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, good times. So today's uh, icebreaker is uh, what are you currently binging? And it can be books, movies, TV, food. Uh, shout out to Rachel Durkin who answered that question by saying eggs, <laughs> which was not at all what I thought she was going to say. I don't even know how you binge eggs, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't you know, like Rocky know. Balboa, just like clicking them into the glass. Yeah, what are you, like boiling them by like the yeah. dozen? <laughs> just keep having them? Yeah, no, that's crazy. So if I had to say what I'm binging right now is totally podcasts. I am totally obsessed with podcasts lately. I'm really? Totally, yeah, I'm totally enjoying podcasts because I usually put the TV on for background noise and it drives my kids crazy because I'll leave it on and I'll just be watching shows but not really watching. Okay. This way I can just not have to watch and just listen. So I'm totally obsessed with anything Brene Brown. Like she is just yes. my hero. I love her yes. so much. Um, and, I, and, you know, right. She's just so fantastic. So real, so authentic. She really, really, really is. In fact, I think she's stronger on her own versus when she's interviewing people. I tend to like those episodes 
less than when she's just talking about what she's thinking about in any given moment. I can't tell you how many times I've watched her Netflix special and her I podcast. Not a Netflix. Oh my goodness. Guess what oh I'm my, doing tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's going to be the first of many viewings. I, I promise you. Oh, wow. I'm it's so excited. Wonderful. I'm so excited. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, between that and, and um, I just listened to have you heard of his podcasts? I didn't hear the name. I'm sorry. Dax no, I don't, oh, Dax Shepard. Oh, Dax Shepard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kristen Bell. Dax Shepard. <laughs> it's weird um, that I would define yeah. him by, you know, <laughs> his wife, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah armchair expert. He's all, I've I heard he's great. Him where he was talking about his podcast and he was talking about it with his kids and his kids were like, why do people listen to your podcast? And he goes, oh, well, I'd like to think it's, you know, 50% me, 50% the co-host. And they're like, no, 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 but why do they listen? And he goes, oh, I mean, I guess because I'm famous. And they go, you're famous? And he goes, well, yeah. And they're like, does mommy know? And he goes, well, actually, mommy's a lot more famous than I am. <laughs> so that just blew their mind altogether. He is, like, so down to earth. And, you know, there's something that I love about authentic human beings in general general like to be authentic like messy be good be bad admit the flaws admit the good and just be totally authentic and I think he really comes off that way on his podcast like he is just mm -hmm. it like it is the good the bad the ugly and he's just so real that I just kind of like I could listen to him talk about anything pretty much like it's just you know when you just feel like you just need to have some good entertainment that's what he's good for so I haven't actually listened to his show what what is the topic like it does it just whatever they feel like talking about that week he goes all over. Sometimes he has, you know, people coming in to like talk with him. Other times he'll just talk about whatever he's got going on in his life. Other times he'll just talk about a dream that he had, you know, and what does it mean? You know, what could it possibly mean to have these kinds of dreams? Like he is so all over the map that it just keeps it interesting. Cool. So, yeah. Okay. And then of course there's two other ones that if you guys are into like weird random stuff, Freakonomics, we've all read the book. Love it. Podcast radio is awesome Love and it. Hidden Brain. If you ever want to be actually intellectually stimulated, NPR's Hidden Brain is also really good. So, cool. Those are my latest obsessions. I'll have to check that one out. I was telling Kate yesterday, actually, um, during the pandemic, I really haven't gotten to listen to much podcasting just because usually that's something I'll do in the car during the commute or, you know, when I'm driving off somewhere and I'm just not going anywhere these days. Yeah. Yeah. No, I painted a lot during quarantine. I did a lot of house painting renovations and room decorations and just to keep busy. So I pretty much have done my entire house and I've listened to podcasts the entire time. So That's, awesome. <laughs> That's when I do it too. I would, when it's like a household chore or something, I'll, I'll put on a bunch of podcasts or book on tape. And so that I, I'm obsessed right now with um, Reply All. The podcast called Reply All, it's, it, it builds itself as like a, a tech podcast for the layman. So like if you're into technology, but you don't really, you're not a techie person, they talk about tech stuff that is deep dive tech stuff and also like big picture tech stuff. I can't explain it very, I'm not doing it justice. It's great though. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. But in terms of what I'm binging right now, um, I just watched very quickly Queen's Gambit. I'm, I'm, late to the party everybody in the world who's going to see that has already seen it and has I already talked about it, it. You haven't. i haven't okay. it. it was fun it was it was interesting to watch it was a little dark but um 
the clothes were beautiful. I mean, it's set in like the 50s and the 60s. And so it's the same reason I watch The Crown sometimes. Just the clothes are so cool to look at. <laughs> um, and the story was interesting and fun. And so I, I liked it a lot. Queen. Yeah, that's definitely on my list. And I love the dark stuff just as much as I love the fluffy, happy-go-lucky stuff. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm it's a diehard Law and Order fan where could, I could probably rewatch all 17 seasons over and over again. So, wow. Queen's Gambit is that Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, Netflix. Yep. Fine. Yep. Definitely add that to the queue. Yeah. Cool. What about you? What are you binging, Vin? I haven't really done anything since Cobra Kai. I was going to say I binged through the Ready Player Two book in like two days. That was the yes. closest thing to a binge I've done. <laughs> you know what? Because I've had so many internet issues throughout the, um, the pandemic, I was fantasizing the other day about like just this beautiful, perfect layer of Wi-Fi that exists in the Ready Player One world. You remember how in yeah. that world there was no school anymore. Kids would just, they would be assigned these virtual reality devices that they would just plug into. And that's where all their school would happen. That's where they would play. That's where they would socialize. So that's not very different than what's happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> except, except that the free internet that just existed in the air in their world was high speed, available everywhere. And again, free. So yeah. Yeah, there's actually no I single person in the pandemic that I have thought could use that more than you. I'm, <laughs> I don't know if you if you listen to this on your podcast network of choice, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon's Alexa, or whatever, you might not know this. But if you are a YouTube viewer of the show, Kate has been fuzzy, pixelated, and blocky throughout this entire period, March yeah. to now. It's like I don't have my co-host anymore. I can't see you crystal clear. <laughs> I want to pretend like it's just this fancy filter that I've got to even yeah. everything out, but it's not really. Well, it's I figured out what it was. I figured that um, early on in the pandemic, you know, the, the thing broke in March. That's like spring cleaning era. So I think what happened was Kate found one of those 1996 AOL starter discs <laughs> underneath the couch. She was like, waste not, let's install this. And that has been what she's using to access the internet ever since. That's just so I, cool. What you that's did. awesome. I really thought that it was us because living up in Sussex County, we are known for having the worst cell signal and the mm -hmm. worst internet. And I'm right down the road from Picatinny Arsenal. So when they decide to do blasting for testing for whatever new tanks or things that they're doing, the house literally shakes. Wow. Wow. And your internet comes in and out. And everyone will tell you that it's not supposed to happen. But all of us know that when they're testing, or the or the um, granite place is blasting. We literally are losing internet. So if it's a Tuesday or a Thursday, I try not to do calls because I'm going to lose internet. I like how they tell you you're kind of crazy. It's like no, it's, it's not really. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. And I'm like, tell that to my foundation. Hopefully it's not cracking. Hey, just some casual <laughs> gaslighting. No big deal, right? Okay. Okay. You hear helicopters and things just blowing up. It's all fine. We're just testing radiation waves coming off you, right? So. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Too funny. All right. Yeah. I think that was the... Uh... That's the game. So tell us about LWNH. So LWNH uh, has a very um, quirky name. Uh, it was a name I had picked for a business, God, I want to say maybe 10 years ago. And it was originally supposed to be live well and happy, thinking, you know, if you're organized and everything's in place, things just kind of fall into place. Um, 
sort of kind of doesn't make sense for what I actually do because people were like, that doesn't make sense with what you actually do. It sounds like a wellness company. It's not what you do. So we mm -hmm. switched the name to LWNH Business Solutions, which is a little bit more in line with what we actually do. Uh, what we actually do, um, we automate processes for marketing, sales, finance, operations in an effort to increase efficiency, reduce employee time or wasted employee time, I should say. Uh, capture metrics is also one of the big key things that we want to help you do. And overall, just become a little bit more lean and efficient with your business. Normally, that entails doing things with CRMs, which is a very fancy acronym for customer relationship management tools. Um, in the beginning, we would kind of take in, you know, whatever need the client had, and we would just go right into launch mode and just go right into work for CRM. We've since changed the philosophy of how we do things a little bit, and now we're a lot more focused on the operating procedures than anything else, particularly more so during the pandemic than in any other time. What we have found is by working with a lot of the business coaches, the Sandler folks, you know, I don't know if you guys know Cal Thomas, but he's like amazing and he sent a lot of business my way. But one of the things that he's really great at is getting folks that are in sales or in business to really slow down and look at the big picture. Like what is the goal? What is it that you're trying to reach? Then we can put those tools in place. But instead people are calling me thinking that I'm going to tell them how to get to those goals. And it's like, I'm gonna help you get to the goals that you've planned out, but if you don't have any goals set up, can't really help you because I don't know how you wanna get there. Mm -hmm. And if you think you have a process, but there's really no process or it's broken and we don't have anything documented, it doesn't always work out. So we've focused a lot more recently on documentation of processes, really creating you know, checks and balances so that everybody knows, especially with people working from home, sometimes they couldn't get somebody or the internet was done or the kids are home, we need to have that recorded so that somebody can come in, pick up, and just kind of move on, right? So that they can pick up the ball from somebody else. And so we focus a lot on that portion of things, and that leads us into the CRM conversation. That leads us into implementing a process-based system that's a lot more efficient, and we see a lot higher user, you know, user response when it comes to that. So that's basically what we do. Do you find you have to work with people a lot more on their goals now just because let's say we all had certain goals with where we wanted things to be, you know, February, 2019, and then everything kind of got shifted around, changed, dropped on our heads. Not so much the goals. I think what we found, I mean, we lost, I had to let pretty much everybody go on my team. I had no one. It was just down to myself. And even I was sitting around doing nothing for about good eight weeks. Everyone just jumped ship. I mean, the economy hit, everything was frozen. We kind of figured and expected it would probably come back, but not as bad or as great as we had hoped, um, it was around the summertime when people started to realize this is going to go on a little bit longer than we all thought and hoped. And there's no end in sight and the schools are not going back. And I think that was the biggest precursor to everything. So many of us have kids that are, you know, virtual learning and trying to juggle it all. And employers were, number one, didn't have a choice, but they had to accommodate. And number two, they realized that, oh, wow, they've actually been doing relatively well. And if anything, we've been working harder and better since they've been home because we've, they've been balancing things a little bit differently. So how can we keep that going, but maybe rotate responsibilities? So we actually didn't see so much of a change in goals. We've actually seen clients come back to us more with a change in, I want to create a workflow that allows people to actually collaborate so that we can change the goals without having to redo the org every single time. 
which is has been pretty interesting. Um, and business has definitely picked up, and we we're looking at a pretty strong 2021 this year. Um, but you know, it took 2020 just sucked for everybody. Like it just to the stomach, man. <laughs> You know, it sucked. And, you know, we talk a lot, you know, I always joke around about, I have these three R's in business that I try to follow all the time. You know, I talk about responsiveness and making sure that you're following up to your clients' needs and making sure that you're reliable and that you're doing things the way you say you're going to be doing them and that you're doing them with a sense of repeatability so that you're not reinventing the wheel every single time. And I got to tell you, I did not practice what I preached. <laughs> I totally did not. Um, I've grown a lot as a business owner in the last six years that I've been in business, but this last quarter of 2020 totally, you know, put me down, kicked me, shoved me a little bit, put some dirt on it and said, get back up and now move forward. And you know, it is what it is. You, you learn from those mistakes. I'm still a business owner, just like all the clients that I have, but I really had to reevaluate not only the scalability of the business, which I think a lot of business owners are doing, right? Like how much do I really want to scale up? How much do I really want to bring on? Um, but I also had to refocus on what are those goals and how do I shift the goals to make them not only more realistic and attainable, but more flexible. As life gets in the way, how do you manage your business, your employees and your team to make it so that you don't lose your mind because I was losing my mind for sure. So it was definitely interesting. That, that is such great. I love everything that you just said, but one of the things that I particularly love is repeatability is not a word that I probably have ever heard before. Um, it's, it's just not something that anybody has ever said in a way that you just said it. Like, like, Build these processes, yes, and make sure that there's something that you can repeat so they don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time. And I feel like that is just such an an easy, oh, I'm not going to say this right. It's so obvious. It's such an obvious, like, we should totally, like, that's like why people write. Moment, right? Like, yeah, it's like, oh, right. yeah, yeah. It's the reason that people write SOPs. But often we write the SOP and we're rolling our eyes and like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to have to think about this. I'm busy. I don't have to do, but the repeatability is, is like the clincher, right? Being able to say, I don't have to remember how to do this. It's written down. We've got this process in place in stone for a reason, you know? And, and I think, you know, some of the things that I learned along the way in, in 2020 was, you know, I was dealing with a huge emotional change. My daughter was graduating high school. Like I have an 18 oh. year old daughter, like that in and of itself was like emotionally traumatic, right? Like how do I have a child that is no longer a child? She's now actually an adult. That took a little getting used to. I had my little baby boy who's not a baby boy. He's 15. He's a freshman in high school and he's kind of coming into his own independence. And after 22 years, my marriage fell apart and we were getting a divorce. Throw in the pandemic. I pretty much was like, okay, just ship me out to the nutty house for right now. Like the next, you know, 60 days, not going to be here. Yeah. And, and that's what really, yeah, it was a lot to handle. And I think that's where I realized my biggest flaws as a business owner, right? Like you can be really good at what you do for others, but not necessarily doing it for yourself. It's kind of like that doctor that tells you not to smoke. And then he's outside smoking a cigarette, right? Like we all know somebody like that. And that was mm -hmm. so absolutely me. And having to reevaluate 
okay, how much do I want to scale up? How much do I not want to scale up? How much am I going to create? Because I had all these processes. I had all these procedures and checklists internally. But what ended up happening is we got complacent and we got comfortable. And so that's something that even though repeatability is a great thing, you can't become complacent. And so you have to look at it. And, and talking about Rachel, you know, she's one of the people that if she tells me to jump, I basically just say, how high? You know, it's like, fine, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Um, but one of the things she said is you've got to relook at everything three to six months. You really just can't put it in writing and then put it away. Right. Like a lot of us think to do like, okay, I have a process, I have a checklist and like, I know how to do it. So it's like totally easy now because it's so repeatable and it's great. Well, then if you don't look at it, you may miss that you started cutting corners and you're not doing it the way you had in the process, which happens all the time. Because when something becomes monotonous, you're not even really paying that much attention to it anymore, right? Your brain just kind of goes into autopilot. Or so. you have a staff change and the new person has an idea. And so you organically modify the process, but you don't codify it. So then, you know, years go by and you're like, where is that? SOP doesn't what are we doing how to you know it's just it's so that's what a lot of my clients were doing they were like you know we had somebody write up all these processes you know and now we can't find them the, and it's a kid not like the funniest one was the alarm systems in their offices right there's always like the same person that comes into the office every mm. day puts on everything turns on the coffee machine turns on the lights turns off the alarm and then they're typically the last one to leave, or there's somebody else that's like the last one to leave. So there's only like two or three people that know the alarm code. Well, throw in COVID where you're going in in shifts and you're going in in different schedules or you're going in yeah. to get something. So now the alarm process is being shared with like four or five people. Do you know how many of my clients were like, if I have to pay another fee because the cops have to come out <laughs> because we didn't turn off the alarm in time, he's like, I'm going to lose my mind. I mean, like, again, wow. it's such a small, tiny, simple thing, but be, they became complacent and they couldn't remember what the password was or what the secret phrase was. Like people just forget. So I definitely made a lot of those mistakes where I became like, oh, you know how to do this? Like, great, you've got this. And then they didn't check off all their lists. They didn't check everything off and they made a mistake and it turned into a colossal, colossal, like, make or break your business type of mistakes. And then you're like, oh my God, you've got to fix it. And I have to tell you, I am beyond grateful for the clients that I have because I, again, I tell it like it is. I don't sugarcoat and it's like, I'm sorry. I stepped it back. I gave somebody else the control thinking that they could handle it. Obviously looking back, it wasn't great. Let me fix it. I got it covered. Let's go back to the drawing board. It's on me. We'll fix it. But it taught me a lot about myself, how to handle it, how to do it, how to move forward from it, and yeah. how to just make sure it doesn't happen again. So making sure we look at our processes and our checklists and our items and not become complacent, huge thing on my list from now on. Like every client from now on will be like, great, we have a, pro a process and a procedure. Let's look at it in three months. Let's make sure it's still okay. So. I just wrote down review SOPs on my uh, my little to-do list because it's been more than six months, I think, since I last looked at them and edited them, and that's too long. It is. I know that some things have changed. I know that some things have changed.
change. And, and you know, some things happened. change that are minor and not a huge impact, right. but some things are small, tiny change that could make a huge difference in how you're doing That's things right. or how you're responding to things. So like I said, I, I think I've learned to, to look at everything just every six months, just make it plan. You know, like we all talk about taking care of ourselves, taking care of our business, but I think sometimes the practicality and the reality of that doesn't always come to fruition. So I like it. All right. I think on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to play a game. And we're back and it is now time to play my favorite game, Awful or Awesome. I'm going to name a couple things and we each have to decide if they're awful or awesome and then be prepared to defend your answers. Are you ready? All right. I'm ready. Okay, first up, this is a little weird, but paper plates. Awful. Yeah, I am hardcore awful on paper plates. It's like the tree hugger in me. I can't, I can't. See, mine's not, I mean, yes, it's good for the environment and that's all good. I mean, that's really positive. But mine is just like, I grew up in Ecuador until I was eight, and then I came here, and I am all about, like, you have to chip in, like, you have to be part of the team, you have to do chores, and it drives me crazy that my kids would argue over doing the dishes, and then would try to use paper plates. So to me, it's like, you're taking the lazy way out, do the work, because at the end, it's worth it. So like, to me, it's just more of a, you know, you got to pay your dues, man. That's the way I see it. Not uh -huh. so much that. I suffered, you have to suffer. That's right, that's kind of the way I do it. Probably not the best parenting, but that's really the way it is. That's the way I'm thinking. That is amazing, oh my God. Okay, Ben, what do you, uh, what do you think? I, I wanna say awful, but I'm, I do use them from time to time on purpose. Like, you know, it's, um, I, I try to use the, the real plates that we put in the dishwasher more. And when I say more, I mean nine times out of 10. But there's always that one time out of 10 where, you know, the, the dishwasher is full or something and you don't want to, you know, reach for I a paper plate, it's easy. I get it, but God. <laughs> you know, I didn't think about this until just now, but um, I was, I saw my parents recently and they have always been huge proponents of paper plates, but they're also kind of tree huggers. And so I kid you not, they will reuse a, a paper plate. So, especially if it wasn't like anything wet. So like, <laughs> My mom will get like some graham crackers and some butter and she'll have a little snack. And so there'll be graham cracker crumbs and she'll leave the paper plate on the counter. And then my dad will be like, is this clean? And she'll be like, yeah. And then he'll be like, I'm not going to lie to you. I've done it, <laughs> but not with other people. Like, it's not like I'm sharing like my wife's favorite plate. Like if I'm alone for the day and I know I'm just going to be snacking on a couple things here and there. You know, I can reuse a paper plate, but no, I, I definitely wouldn't grab somebody else. <laughs> I mean, if it's somebody in your own family, I guess it's less weird, but it didn't, I literally just had that thought now because I'm like, it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, if you're kind of reusing it. I mean, you might as well just use a regular plate. Like, thank you. You might as well yeah, just use a regular yeah, plate. But it, it still comes back to the the cleaning the dish. You know, it's, right. it's not like you do it, you know, so like in a sense, okay, let's just say you weren't going to do the dish one way or the other. Reusing the paper plate is actually being environmentally friendly because kind you're getting of. two uses out of it rather than the one. I'm still not, you know, being a proponent of this. I'm, I'm still letting you know you should help the environment. You should use the real plates. I'm just right. going to say I'm not perfect. I've done it. <laughs> yeah. I've probably yeah. done it more often than I'd like to admit. Yeah. I use paper plates, especially on Friday nights when you don't want to have, you know, 
to worry about dishes and stuff, but right. as a everyday dinner thing, I'm old school in that you set the table with yeah. real plates, real silverware, yes. you sit down for dinner together, you all help clean up, and then that's like the way it's supposed to be. Like, you know. Yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you. All right, uh, unmatched socks. Always. What do you mean by unmatched? Like totally different looks or just grabbing two yeah. of the same kind of thing? Whatever's there. Yeah, I um I tend to be a little OCD and and I hate finding matching socks and folding them. I just it's hard for me to like take the time that it really takes to do laundry. I tend to be really lazy in that way. But I found a weird workaround. I I you know how like the dry cleaner pins stuff to hangers? I hated to throw the pins away. I don't know why. So I started to like save them and soon I had like a jar of pins. And then I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna use these pins to attach my socks together. So I pin each pair of socks together and I throw them into the laundry. And then when they come out of the laundry, all the socks just go in one drawer. And then I just reach in and I grab a sock, but it comes out pinned and to its mate. It's amazing. It takes like a second longer to like, when you take off your socks, you have to pin them back together. But when one sock wears out, I throw that sock away and I save the sock that's still good and I just attach it to another random sock. We started doing the same thing. Like we started buying, like all of us have like our favorite socks and we yeah. just keep buying the same brand, the same color, the same everything because we literally have baskets of socks. Oh, baskets of socks everywhere just tripped over my own feet um we have baskets <laughs> of socks everywhere like it's just ridiculous but they all are the same brand and for the most part like my son only wears black my daughter and i will wear all sorts of random colors so at any given moment you'll see me with like striped purple sock on one foot and like black and white neon something doggies and kittens on another one so i could care less anymore i'm like that is not something i'm going to worry about so. no it's not a priority not at all I accidentally started a, I don't want to call it a trend in the household, but I was getting my daughter dressed and she was three and she's still three, but she was three at the time. And, uh, I noticed in her sock drawer, she had kind of, we're not going to say matching because they were different characters, but it was like an Elmo pair of socks and a cookie monster pair of socks that were obviously from the same design line, you know? So I grabbed one of each and I was like, here, this foot's going to be Elmo and this foot's going to be cookie monster. And it blew her mind. And for the next That's four so months, she could not wear a matched pair of socks. And that was a problem because for whatever amount of time it would normally take her to pick out one pair of socks, now she oh. had to pick out two different socks that went together well. So I was like, this this was cool for a day. And you, know, it, you didn't uh, realize so. we're creating a monster yourself. Yes, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. Well, that was the game. That was fun. I like that. That. Right. anything coming up you'd like to promote? Yes, so let's see. There's a couple of things that I'd love to share with people. Um, I know Kate is part of this, but NJBIA is partners with Paradigm Marketing and Design, and it's also powered by yours truly, LWNH Business Solutions. We have a networking event every single Monday at noon. You can actually find information on it on the NJBIA website, on my website, lwnh.com, or at Paradigm Marketing and Design. Com. It's called Table for Four, and it's literally virtual networking over lunch. Now, it's kind of like those happy hour virtual ones where we tell people you should kind of bring your food because it's supposed to be relaxed and carefree, but nobody ever actually takes you up on it. But it is at lunchtime on Mondays. <laughs> so you're supposed yes. to be a little bit more laid back, a little bit more, you know, open to having a meeting with four individuals, 
to a room. So that's all it is. There's no more than maybe four at the most five, and that's like on an odd day. But you will be given about anywhere between 40 to 45 minutes to really network. So we have a sponsor that comes in, we'll talk with the sponsor, we'll learn a little bit more about NJBIA, Paradigm Marketing, LWNH, what we have going on that week. We'll give some time for the sponsors to speak and present as well. We usually go on Facebook Live or Stream Live, whichever channel we're gonna be on. Um, and then we'll go into breakout rooms. And like I said, it's for 40 minutes. It's so much better than being in one of those, like here's like 30 seconds, here's 90 seconds to give your spiel. You have 10 minutes, give or take, to not only tell them what you're looking to do or how you're looking to grow your business, but you also get to say a little bit personal, right? Like a little icebreaker or a little comment about whatever it is that you've got going on that allows you to connect with business owners a little bit better than at some of the other events because it just makes it a little bit more relaxed. So that's definitely something, right, Kate? I mean, you're, you're yes. on it all the time. I am. I'm on it all the time. And it is one of the best things that NJBIA does. I mean, especially now with... COVID times, people still need to network, people still need to grow their businesses. And it is, I mean, you know, from being a networker that you go to a ton of networking events and let's face it, not all networking events are created equal. Some of them are really, really, really good. And some of them you leave and you're like, what did I just do for that last hour? That was not worth my time. Table for four is always, always, always worth my time. It's fantastic. And you know, the great thing is, is that we've talked about keeping it going even after the pandemic, because yep. one of the things that we're finding is, you know, we all love networking and we all miss the the person to person interaction, the human connection. But at the end of the day, we all still have very busy lives. And if school doesn't go back full time for a lot of us, it makes it really hard to kind of manage everything. So mm -hmm. we had one accountant that told us basically, you know, she's got twin kids. She didn't really get a chance to network that much because with having two of them and they were under five, you don't get to go out and leave because you still have the nanny, you still have work and everything else and tax season. So she never really got a chance to grow her book of business because she couldn't go to all these networking events. Well, because of Table for Four, she's there every single Monday. She's networking. She's connecting. She doesn't have to leave. She doesn't have to drive anywhere. She doesn't have to worry about anything. So she could do it whether she's at the office or whether she's at home. And so mm -hmm. I think we're going to keep this going for a long time because we don't have to worry about the one hour or so that it might take to get to a networking event yes. and then that coming back home or coming back to your office. So it's, it's yep. such a huge time saver. And it's, I mean, we have people from all over New Jersey joining. So actually from all over the world, we actually had Paradigm landed a client that's out of India through NJBIA. So. Wow. Actually, it's like somebody knew somebody who knew somebody who invited them. So. <laughs> that's never so cool. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, I love that. And yeah, like I mean, we haven't talked so apart and yet we've never been so together. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We haven't talked about, um, Jersey traffic in a while, but it is the thing that I think will motivate us to continue these virtual meetings and, and events and networkings and council meetings. It's, it's just, it's a thing. It's a big old problem in Jersey. So yeah, thank God. Thank God for you know, with that said, you know, while there's been positive things from this whole quarantine and this whole, you know, learning new technology and everything else, there's also been a lot of downsides. There's a lot of businesses that are hurting. There's a lot of businesses that are not sure if they're going to survive the next winter months because they can't have the outdoor dining. So we've been working uh, with um, the Economic Development Corporation and the Morris County Chamber of Commerce to try to do an initiative for the Hispanic Council. So I'm actually the co-chair for the Hispanic Council 
for the Morris County Chamber, of course, because I can't say no and I'm involved in everything, but I love it. Uh, so Catherine O'Hara from the O'Hara Project is my co-chair. And we were literally like the first month in as co-chairs. We had just started this committee and we were just so excited and COVID was happening. And I don't even remember how it came up, but we were talking about these small mom and pop restaurants that are all over the Dover area, you know, the, the smaller parts of the uh, community that are really just staying open for years and years and years because people keep going back because they're locals, right? They go to dinner there, they have their re the recurring business that just keeps showing up and they're not getting their clients back right now. They're not able to take advantage of the PPP because maybe they don't have the same financial accounting books and records that you should have or they don't speak English as well as maybe they should, or maybe they don't have somebody that can help them with their social media or their marketing. These, these smaller restaurants are not going to be around for much longer if they can't have dining in their restaurants or the little shops, you know, the little gift shops that are out there. So what we did is we actually applied for a couple of grants and we're in the process. We just made it live last week. So you can find all the information on the Economic Development Corporation or the Morris County Chamber of Commerce, but it's basically microsites. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of e-commerce microsites before. No. So Technically, e-commerce is being able to buy something online, right? So you can go onto a store, right. add it to your shopping cart, and boom, you get it, right? That's like Amazon as a whole. Well, these yeah. small mom and pops can't compete versus an Amazon. Like, let's just face it, the pricing is not going to be there. Uber, Uber Eats, and all these places that pick up the food for you is great, but they take a cut of what you're charging. So what we decided to do is reach out to a bunch of these small companies that are still around, that are in existence, that are small mom and pops, small restaurants that are looking to really just attract some new customers. They don't have websites. They don't want a website. They don't want to manage a website. They don't have the need for that kind of upkeep. They're not going to pay for that. They don't want to have a brand, you know, huge e-commerce platform, but they want to have some way of selling some stuff online. So what mm. we developed is through the help of Square, which everyone knows is a, is a really great tool, we're actually going to be creating e-commerce microsites for them. And it's going to be covered in part by a grant that is going to be processed through the Morris County Chamber of Commerce. So it's amazing. It's yeah. awesome. And I'm so excited. And I think the part that gets me the most excited is that if they are a Spanish speaker and they're a minority, because they've been hit the hardest, right, with the whole pandemic, um, the platform is actually English facing for the customer but it's Spanish facing on the back end so that wow. they don't have to worry about hitting the wrong button and not understanding what they're doing. Oh my God, so that's amazing. It's fantastic. So yeah. you can still have you know, all your clientele coming, you can still have everything else going, and we're not gonna make it so that they can have everything in their store. We don't wanna do like inventory management and all that stuff, but we can do like eight items help them post it on there and then help them manage it. So we are totally, totally excited to be helping with that initiative. So that's awesome. Hopefully people That's can incredible. That. Yeah. What, a, what an amazing feat. Yeah, so I'm excited about it. Sorry. <laughs> so how can people get a hold of you? So they can go to our website. It's www.lwandh.com. Again, those are the initials for Live Well and Happy. Um, if you actually want to just email us, you can email me directly, and that's Lorena, L-O-R-E-N-A, at lwandh.com. Or they can always leave a message on our number. It's 973-594-6688. Uh, awesome. Fantastic. 
Well, I think that that is our show and I'm so pleased with it. This was fantastic. Uh, thank you so much to our listeners, especially the subscribers. We appreciate the support. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group. They do home, auto, and workers' comp and they are the official sponsor of the show. So check them out. And finally, thank you to Lorena Mosquera of LWH Business Solutions for joining us today. We were thrilled to have you. This was so fun. Please have me back anytime you want. I love this. This was so relaxed, carefree, awesome. awesome. I love it. <laughs> I love it too. Thank you so much. See you next time. See ya.